At AGI, we take grain bin safety seriously. With Bin Manager, from the convenience of your smartphone, you can know the condition of stored grain without having to climb a ladder or stairs to monitor temperature and moisture. AGI Bin Manager is fully automated, meaning you can trust that grain is safe and in condition without returning to the bin to turn on or off fans and heaters. With advanced algorithms to optimize fan and heater controls, you can be confident that your hard-earned harvest will be in condition when it is time to sell. Find AGI Bin Manager at aggrowth.com digital. Hi, I'm Caitlin Dubin, and this is the Rural Woman Podcast. I'm a first-generation farmer who married into agriculture. Born and raised in a city, I was so unfamiliar with where my food came from, but I was determined to figure it out. Through my journey into agriculture, I saw women who were strong but humble, often taking a back seat. To me, these women were leaders who deserved a seat at the table. I created the Rural Woman Podcast to share the voices of women in an industry whose stories often went untold. The rural entrepreneurs who live and breathe their work, full of grit and pride. We come here to share our stories, to be in community with each other, to be challenged and inspired, but most importantly, to be celebrated and to be heard. We may not all live, farm, ranch or homestead the same, but we are all connected. We are rural women and our stories are worthy of being told. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Rural Women Podcast. On this week's Positively Farming Media Podcast Network feature episode, I got to partner up with Bev Ross from the Drink and Farm podcast to do a special replay for Drink and Farm that we listened back to an older episode, Drink and Farm, which is hosted by Bev Ross and Sam Bolton, where they talked about that Bev experienced driveway breeding of her goats. I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. I still get teary-eyed from all of the laughs that we had during this recording. And if you are interested in watching our reactions to this episode, Bev has put together a YouTube video that goes along with this episode that I will leave in the show notes so you can watch and laugh along with us. Without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's Positively Farming Media Podcast Network episode feature with the Drink and Farm Podcast. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero fucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there listeners. It's just Bev here at the moment. I wanted to start this episode off just by letting you know that Drink and Farm might look a little different for a while. I'm not sure exactly how long. And first, I wanted to assure you that everything is okay and everything's going to be okay. But Sam is taking some much needed time off to rest We still have an episode or two that we have recorded together, so those are going to be sprinkled in there. But this week, I have a guest host, and our guest host this week is Caitlin Dubin of the Rural Woman Podcast. She is also my partner and friend over at Positively Farming Media, which is the podcast network that this podcast is a proud member of. And Caitlin and I have gotten to know each other really well over several years of podcasting. We met through Instagram and then we recorded a Drink and Farm episode together and a Rural Woman podcast episode together. And 
And I was also a guest on the Rural Women podcast. So we've gotten to know each other really well, not to mention having this partnership with our mastermind over at Positively Farming Media. So today's episode is going to look really different, but I can't wait until you hear it because I think you're really going to enjoy it. I think we're really going to enjoy doing it. And I guess without further ado, we will dive right into it. Oh, hey there, Caitlin Dubin of the Rural Woman Podcast. Oh, hey there, Bev Ross of the Drinkin' Farm, Joy Farmer, all of the other things. How are you? I am doing excellent today, and I am very much looking forward to what we're doing here because I think this is going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) I also think this is a great way to start the day, Uh, so I'm excited. So what are you drinking over there? I am drinking a nice, hot, black cup of coffee in my better latte than never mug. (laughs) I like that. That's amazing. And you? (laughs) I am having coffee with goat milk and sugar, so not black. I have to sweeten my coffee and water it down with some fat before I'll enjoy it in my outstanding in her field mug. Beautiful. Beautiful. You have to let me know where you got that from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if anyone needs one of these mugs, uh, you can get them over at the Wild Rose Farmer shop over at wildrosefarmer.com. Yeah. Shameless plug. Can I tell you a quick story about my coffee drinking journey first before we start? Yes, I would love that. So I started drinking coffee at a very young age at like, gosh, I don't even remember. And I blame my aunt because here in Canada at the Tim Hortons, we have things called ice caps and got like us addicted one summer, my cousin and I to these. And like, she had no idea there was caffeine in these things. And that's kind of where my coffee journey began. And I used to, I swear that I used to drink like a gallon of the international hazelnut creamer in my coffee every week. And that's what how I used to drink coffee. And then eventually it kind of like started to cut that habit. And now like it's black baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you take it straight. That gives you like all the caffeine like in as concentrated of a form as you can get it if I could put it in an IV I really would so (laughs) so really quick for those of us who are not Canadian what is an ice cap it is like a slushy it's like an ice cappuccino so it's like a what are those frappuccino from Starbucks but it's cheap Canadian Tim Hortons coffee but yeah they are quite delicious and I still once in a while will have one and all of the memories come flooding back. (laughs) I have a Tim Hortons in town, so I need to go by there and see if they have ice caps. Maybe they call it something different here, though, in the States. I have no idea. You'll have to report back. (laughs) I will. I'll definitely report back. (laughs) Our drink peep this episode is our friend Jenny Beck, and she is at Beck's Boots to Roots over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. All right, we're going to get into this episode, and what we're going to do, actually, is we are replaying one of my favorite episodes. It's called It's Like Walking Into a Bar. It was originally episode 103, and it is Tonk's story of how she had her first driveway breeding And my first driveway breeding. I guess it's both of our first driveway breedings. (laughs) And I I haven't listened to this episode in a really long time. But in my head, it's always the funniest. And it's always my favorite. (laughs) Well, and I think this is going to be a great episode for me as a also going to be first time goat breeder. So maybe I can see what to expect or hope not to expect. We'll see. (laughs) Right, right. And as we're listening to this episode, Caitlin and I will be reacting. So if you are listening to this in your car, maybe go back and rewatch this over at the YouTube. You can find our YouTube at drinkandfarm.com slash YouTube, and it'll take you right to it. Because then you'll get to see our faces uh, while we're listening. Maybe I'll be burying my face in my hands. I I have no idea. (laughs) 
I have a very descriptive face, unfortunately. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I'm like, face, please stop talking before I do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Without further ado, we will get started listening to this episode. I am excited to hear about this because I intentionally have not been asking you a lot of questions and waiting until we got on to record so you could tell me about your experience. Yes. And I'm so excited to share it because... It was a great learning opportunity for me here. And what it is that we're talking about today is we're talking about the driveway goat breeding. Wham, bam, Get back in the car and drive off. It's pretty much how it goes. I just need to say this, that if you had no idea about anything about agriculture and you heard something like this, you would call the authorities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe we need to start our drink and farm episodes with some sort of, I don't want to say warning label, but just a heads up. It could be, yeah. Make sure the people who are eavesdropping on this know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> Did you like have any was like, okay, I have to ask this question and and I'm sorry if it's in there later. Was it just kind of weird to stand in a driveway while while goats were getting it on? So it turns out it wasn't actually in a driveway. Oh, yeah. So driveway breeding was just like the term that they use (laughs) for the fact that you just drive up and have your goat bread and leave. Yeah, because I was wondering the same thing. So I was like, it's gonna be super weird to be standing in a driveway while this happens. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, tell us the story. So um, I know that we've already talked about like goat breeding and goat heat and a bunch of other stuff. So Before I dive in, I wanted to remind everybody what episodes we have talked about this in great length or something similar in great length, just so they can go reference those if they want more information, Uh, because some of the stuff we're going to skim over since we've already talked about it. And um, we'll have links in the show notes to these. The first one is mini-sode 11, which was with Erica the Goat Chick. She's from Twin Willows Farms, and that episode's called Drink and Make Goats. (laughs) The next one is all about goat breeding. It's number 28. No, thank you. I have a headache. (laughs) Every time I read our episode titles, I laugh. Yes. (laughs) And then the next one is all about goat pregnancy. And it's number 49. What to expect when your goat is expecting. (laughs) We're so clever. We are. Pat ourselves on the back. (laughs) We're our biggest fans. (laughs) I am also your biggest fan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good on you for those clever titles. (laughs) Listen, if you're going to be drinking and farming, you have to figure out how to inject some humor into it, right? Especially because one of the things that I learned really early on is that there's a lot of stuff that's not funny, Right. That happens. And so sometimes I'm worried that I might not strike a great balance between comedy and reverence, if that makes sense. But comedy is how I process and cope, I guess. Yes. And I think a lot of other farmers and people in agriculture can really relate to that because if you're not laughing, you might be crying. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. (laughs) So um, it's funny that you asked that question first, because like a driveway breeding is pretty much what it sounds like. You know, you pull in your doe and the breeders buck do their thing and then you leave. But like I mentioned, we didn't do it in a driveway. We did it in a barn. I say we like I was a part of it. (laughs) It turns out I was a little bit more of a part of it than I bargained for, but I'll get into that later. Oh, boy. Can't wait. (laughs) So they did it in a barn, and it's a good thing because the breeder's house was, like, right on the main highway. And so when I was getting out of the car, I was looking around, and I was like, this is going to be super awkward if we do this in the driveway. Can you imagine, like, driving down the road and just, like, looking over, and it's like, oh, there's goats having sex over there. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. 
Yeah, that's that's what I was expecting. But I, I can't recall if I talk about this in the episode or not. So I'll just say this really quick. It is much faster than you would expect, like the actual act, I guess. Like all the, you know, how they do their derp faces and stuff and their tongue waggings beforehand. That part can take a little while, but the actual, you know, super quick. Get in, <laughs> get out. you miss it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> in the driveway, because people are, are going to be like rubbernecking and there might be an accident. Because like, I don't know about you. I'd rubberneck if I saw two goats going at it in a driveway. Absolutely. <laughs> But then again, also, like, my idea of what the actual act was going to be like was a little more than it really was. So we'll get into that more later, too. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing that I forgot to take into consideration, though, when I decided to do this driveway breeding thing instead of just getting my own buck, is that your doe actually has to be in standing heat. Yeah. And even though we've totally discussed the signs of standing heat, like, I was like, wait, is she really in heat? I don't know. I've (laughs) talked in great length about this with Sam, and I still am not very confident about this. (laughs) So just a quick recap. Uh, Standing heat, or signs of standing heat are there's discharge from the vagina, there's swelling of the vagina. Sometimes they do like this loud, awful, obnoxious bleeding. <laughs> it it sounds like they're dying. They're like, Mah! like right at you. <laughs> yes. I call it when Diana does that. She's doing it right now. I say she's having FOMO, like fear of missing out because oh, she just yeah. does it no matter if you bring her food or water or hay. Like she just she just wants the goat D. <laughs> That's all she wants. <laughs> And then another sign is that they do this frequent tail wagging thing. And goats wag their tail, but you'll definitely notice an mm-hmm. increase of it during heat. I wonder um, if that's like their version of batting their eyes. Hmm. You know, like it does kind of look like that. <laughs> or maybe it's like to draw attention to the area. You're oh, like, hey, look over here. Here's movement. Look over here. Like a shimmy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> that I'm never going to look at them the same now. Like, right? When their tail is wagging, I'm just going to start blushing. <laughs> Are you coming on to me? <laughs> I'm not your flavor. <laughs> so, I actually have an explanation for that tail wagging thing now, which I probably didn't at the time. They do the tail wagging because they're trying to disperse the scent so that if there's a buck nearby, they can catch with and know that it's time to come over. So there's that. That's interesting because I know, you know, if you need to know if there's a buck nearby, it doesn't take much because they stink. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But for the ladies who are a little bit more modest, uh, it's the flap of the tail. Yeah, and screaming. And screaming. Yeah, the <laughs> modesty wears off when they start screaming. It does, just a little bit, right? <laughs> and the last line is, if you have a weather, him displaying buck behavior. Like, so I actually did see Coop be on his face. <gasps> oh, how is that <laughs> for you? super weird. Yeah. I was like, ew. <laughs> Stop it. You can't do anything about this. The first time I ever saw that, Beverly... I was shook. (laughs) (laughs) It's Uh, so gross. (laughs) I I just, I was like, what is happening? Uh, And for anybody who's been a part of my online community for any time, it was Richard who did it the first time. He was like a black little stinky pygmy mutt thing that I got from the auction and he, his name Richard was for a reason because he was a dick. And the first time I saw that thing pop out and he did it all over his face, I remember going to Justin, my husband, and saying, I have made a grave mistake. <laughs> what is <laughs> happening? I had no idea they did that. <laughs> they do. They're like, they're the most disgusting creatures during this part of it but otherwise they're relatively sweet but because they've peed all over their faces you don't necessarily want to pet them or hang out with them so 
I haven't had a buck here since 2019. And I will still get a whiff when I roll out my electric net fencing of Richard and company. Yeah. Never again. <laughs> Never again. Well, it's super weird. His his like face and his beard is like permanently this like yellowish green tinge right now. Yeah. I think just because it's spring, like, I don't know. He might be doing it a lot, but I was like, Ew, I'm not going to pet you under the chin. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> And he'll also be, like, rubbing all over your dough. It's really kind of cute and very affectionate. Um, and she returns the affection. So that's another sign. Um, if they weren't in heat and he was doing that to them, they'd be like, nope. Be like, away. Bye. Yeah, definitely. And all of those signs sound like they'd be super obvious. But when you're trying to figure out if your goat is in heat... And, like, you have to drive 40 minutes to go to this breeder, you kind of lose all confidence. <laughs> I can imagine. And some of the signs that you talked about, too, especially the tag, the tail wagging, that could be a sign of, like, lice or mites. Yeah, okay. Because we think we have mites right now in the oh, goats. Oh, yeah. And so I'm kind of keeping an eye on the ones that are sequestered away from the main area just to see it. Well, maybe they didn't get over there. Um, but Diana, who I think is in heat right now, is also wagging her tail. So I'm just trying to keep an extra eye on it. I was just realizing that I've been keeping goats for so long now. I can tell when they're in heat immediately and for how many days they're in heat. Like, I know exactly when the right time is. That's amazing. <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, like... I don't know if it matters what kind of breed it is. Females are just confusing and they give a lot of different signs. And I can fully admit that uh, I'm guilty of that too. So, <laughs> right. And especially depending on when it is. <laughs> right. Same, same. <laughs> but sometimes signs can mean multiple different things. So I can understand how that would make somebody feel a little less confident about loading up a goat and driving 40 minutes. Yeah, and something else I also learned while I was there is that while Nigerian dwarf goats do go into heat year-round and can be bred, it turns out there's a peak season for it. Mm, is it like the fall season? It is. It peaks uh, in the fall, okay. and then it slowly kind of tapers down as it gets to summer. And then once the heat of the summer passes, it ramps back up to fall. So if you're in one of those periods that's kind of in between those signs that are super obvious, like in October and November, can be really subtle this time of year, which is March. Right. I just wanted to say really quick, it makes sense that goats would prefer it when it's not sticky, hot, sweaty, disgusting season. When does anybody want to do it when it's like that? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Nobody. Don't cuddle Fair. me. I'm sweaty. Like... <laughs> Because we're starting to get to the end of it. so. But I mean, Maya got knocked up in June and Diana got knocked up in July. So just because they're not showing the signs as often doesn't mean they can't get knocked up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, they're still in heat. They're just not like begging for it. So like, it's hot. <laughs> get off me. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that while they're sweating. <laughs> right? <laughs> So it turns out, though, when I got there and I talked to the breeder about it, she was like, because I, I told her how unconfident I was that she was actually in standing heat. And she was like, oh, no, don't worry about that. Because if you bring her in and she's not in standing heat, it'll be super obvious. Because Aww. when the buck comes around to her, she will be flipping out and losing her <laughs> shit and will not let him mount her. It's true. Can confirm. Yeah. Well, the, in 2019, when I had stinky bucks, there was a female that was in with the weathered ones. And when they were all together, she was the ultimate fighter. And if you were going to come anywhere near her with that stinky Richard, like it was, nope. But I'm trying to remember back now if there was at any point she didn't fight them off. And I think she always fought them. So good for her. I was like... Oh, well, that's really good to know, because quite honestly, I was afraid to bring her in if she wasn't in heat because I didn't want the breeder to think I was an idiot. Right. Right. I would feel the same exact way. Because mm -hmm. I was like, 
I know what I'm doing. I'm a goat farmer. But you know what? <laughs> she probably ha- – that wouldn't be the first time that's happened to her. I am sure of it. You know, and sometimes I think we can get in our own way based on our own uh, insecurities of something really great happening. 1,000%, Sam. <laughs> 1,000%. Stitch it on a pillow. Get out of your own freaking way. <laughs> You're a farmer. You're not an idiot. <laughs> like your dough getting knocked up. Yeah. So I'm glad that you stuck to your guns and went anyways to figure it all out. Yeah, I am too because I almost didn't because it was like a really crazy time and I was like, oh, I'll just get it next month. And I was like, no, that's what I said last month. <laughs> It's like starting a new diet. I'll start next Monday. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, something else I was a little worried about was, like, what if I bring her in and she won't stand for the buck because he's a stranger or whatever? Like, it's really funny the things that kind of run through your head when you're feeling not super confident Mm -hmm. at the moment. Like, all of those stories can really scare you out of doing the thing that you want to do. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why I was really excited to share this was like, I get to tell people how unconfident I felt about this and how it all worked out in the end. (laughs) Sometimes we are our own worst enemies and tell ourselves far scarier stories than what's actually going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's funny, um, even though they were strangers, they had no issues with it. So there's that. (laughs) I mean, it's like going to a bar, I guess, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, he, well, I guess he did technically kind of offer her a drink if you think about it. Ew. <laughs> We're on a roll today. I hope everyone else is having just as much fun as we are. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe we should have warned them that they should open a beer before they listen yeah. to this one because this is a super good happy hour one. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, there's the moment of inspiration of, you know, be your own cheerleader and you're a superhero and be your unsung hero. And then, <laughs> oh, <laughs> naughtiness. That's basically what we do here. That's why I love you too. <laughs> So anyways, now I'll get into like the actual story now that we're over with the like extra teaching part that we can add to the knowledge that we've already shared about breeding goats. So funnily enough, Tonks actually went into heat on my birthday, which was like the greatest birthday present ever. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, she was doing her loud, obnoxious bleeding that makes it sound like she's dying. She had discharge coming out and her vagina was super swollen. But the only problem was I didn't notice the signs until late afternoon. Mm. And because it was a day that my son had like this really big band competition thing going on, I didn't have time to go run into the breeder, come back and make it to his band thing on time. So I was like, oh, as much as I really want to get my goat bread on my birthday, <laughs> I'm going to have to wait because going and seeing my son play is more important. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm going to remember that story next time I'm feeling down as a parent. <laughs> Honestly, like mom of the year, didn't miss band recital to go get goat knocked up. Like that needs to be on a certificate on the wall behind you. Yeah, I'll frame it and I'll stick it in one of those empty spots back there. I think it would look beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, so I text the breeder in the morning to let her know and ask her if she thought that Tonks would still be in heat in the morning. And she said that because the more intense signs were showing in the afternoon she was pretty confident that if i got there in the morning she would totally still be in standing heat um the average time is one to three days so they can be in heat for longer than that but we were erring on the side of like let's get her in as soon as possible just in case she's only like a 24-hour one (laughs) right and uh when i went to check on her the next morning she was no longer wagging or doing that obnoxious bleeding thing and i was like oh shit i totally missed her heat cycle i'm not gonna get to take her today But she still had a bit of swelling and discharge, so I was like, well, I might as well try. And I actually Googled goat vaginas in heat and looked at images because I was that unconfident. (laughs) I do that a lot. I am 
embarrassingly the worst for gendering things or have been in the past. So I also look up a lot of vaginas on the internet and what each species looks like. I had a heifer that I thought had to be a steer uh, or a bull calf because I had the biggest belly button I think I've ever seen on a calf. But Chaco was definitely a girl. Yeah. <laughs> I had to Google that for cats recently because I realized that I didn't know how to gender a kitten. I am a, a pro at that. So if you ever have any doubts, feel free to send me a photo. <laughs> I'm going to do that next time. I'm just going <laughs> to video call you and hold it up upside down and be like, this my girl. Um, I just, just need, need to, to preface this. Please don't send nudes of <laughs> things, <laughs> listeners. This is only for the select few. Please don't send nudes. <laughs> this is for Bev only. Bev only. <laughs> and what I was seeing, and I was like, great, now I'm on some sort of like government watch list, like weirdo that's into <laughs> goat vaginas. <laughs> oh my goodness. Because the government cares about tracking things like that. <laughs> So uh, when I went and brought her in, um, I let her know that I wasn't super confident. And she's like, no, 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 you you should bring her in at any sign of discharge just in case, because it's always worth a try. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing that I hadn't thought of either is that when you don't have a trailer, loading a goat to travel for something like this is a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because she's probably what, like. 75 pounds so i'm not really sure i debate about this because like i can pick her up and get her on the milking stand but all i have to do is like hoist her and then she does the work because then she sees that there's a snack up there for her mm-hmm. <laughs> so i don't know she is a full-size nigerian dwarf goat so you're probably right it, it averages like 60 to 75 pounds so she and she's my roundest goat so she's probably <laughs> on the higher end of that and uh the only thing that i had to have her travel in was a medium-sized dog crate and pushing her into it was kind of like trying to squeeze a fat flailing octopus with eight arms (laughs) into it she was like spreading her limbs out (laughs) and like throwing her head back and I'm like dying because I can barely pick her up to begin with but I needed to be able to load her to get her back so I my husband's watching me and I'm like no no no! I'm gonna load her I'm going to do it. I'm going to get this done. And at one point, I strained so hard, I peed myself. I <laughs> pick her up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We've all been there, right? <laughs> uh, well, personally, no. <laughs> I would tell you if I did, though. But I can maybe put that in someday. Might happen to me. <laughs> Loading goats, peeing pants. Mm-hmm. I, not a lot. It's just like, it's probably because I've had kids. So like all the muscles down there aren't quite as strong as they used to be. Now I have to be careful when I move mulch because sometimes it happens to me because I'll put the bucket, you know, into the mulch, five gallon bucket, and then I'll push it really hard to pick up. And that motion, like using all those muscles at the same time makes it so that I can't use that muscle anymore. Apparently I don't. Hey, I I have read all about these things on the internet, just personally have not experienced this in my life, but uh, <laughs> could someday. So <laughs> I'm prepared. <laughs> and there's my TMI moment for the episode <laughs> so far. <laughs> and my husband's like, all right, you go change your clothes. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll get the goat loaded. Maybe the breeder will help you load her and I was like yeah I'm really hoping so because like I had no idea who this person was I was like I'm gonna get there and it's gonna be like a 90 year old woman that can't help me load this 80 pound goat (laughs) (laughs) so the drive was pretty uneventful there although we did get it on video and apparently Tonks just cannot hang anytime I make a corner (laughs) oh no (laughs) so it was kind of hilarious and a little sad to watch but she was also screaming at me the whole time so I don't Mm. necessarily feel super bad yeah. And uh, on the way there, I dropped Orion off at a school function. And we were there 20 minutes late because of my loading the goat issues. Oh, God. <laughs> so now I'm that mom that rolls up 20 minutes late with a screaming goat in the car, like shoving my kid out. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, we got a goat date. Bye. <laughs> mm. 
Oh, boy. Well, at least, you know, you know how to make an entrance. I do, especially because when I got the breeder, got to the breeders, it she hadn't messaged me back, but we had already agreed that I'd be there in the morning. So it was like 10 or so by the time I got there. So it was like mid-morning. Perfect. We didn't pick a time. So this mm-hmm. feels reasonable. Well, she hadn't messaged me back and I got there and I pulled into the driveway. I see like no signs of life or anything. Like this is super weird. It's like 10 a.m. on a farm. Like no one's out doing anything. Well, they had had goat births at three o'clock that morning. So everyone was still sleeping. So I like woke their whole house up. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, 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 it's fine. We said that you were coming in the morning. And when she came down, she was a teenager. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Well, at least, you know, she's not the 90-year-old that can't help you load a goat. Oh, yeah. No, she totally helped me load the goat, which was super awesome. So while I was surprised that she was a teenager, I was also really excited because I got to talk to her pretty in-depth about our fair's existing 4-H dairy goat program. So I got to learn a lot while I was there talking to her. And she's also really enthusiastic and, like, showed me everything. So that was really cool. I got to take a whole tour. I got to snuggle, like, 15 baby goats. Like, it was just, like, a great morning. And then I was almost late to a cookie booth. (laughs) 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 But that's okay. Um, She was really kind and patient. And she was a great teacher. I, I don't think she was still in high school. So I think she was a young adult. But she was definitely under 20. Okay. And um, her buck, his name is Worthy Revenge. Ooh, okay. And he was totally a gentleman and really sweet and not nearly as stinky as I thought he'd be. Oh, well, that's nice for your little tonks. (laughs) Yeah, and it was really nice for me, too. Yes. (laughs) I was expecting to be gagging, like, as soon as I saw him. So I was like, oh. It's fragrant, but it's not like super horrible okay i have to stop sam right here that is a bold-faced lie (laughs) (laughs) this is what goat people tell other people so then they get into goats and then they get the stinky buck there (laughs) and they're like what have i gotten myself into (laughs) so one thing i have learned is it depends on the season so they are definitely more fragrant than other seasons. Like right now I can go out into the bucks and do okay. If I touch them, like it kind of rubs off on my hands a little bit, (laughs) but I think that that's the pee. (laughs) Like, and it lingers. During the fall, it's, you can't, it's awful. See, and like I had them through the summer and they stunk. So I couldn't even imagine how much they would have stunk in the fall. I guess I had one goat, Larry. He was here until about the end of October. and But he wasn't near any females. He was only near Taco the cow. So I don't know. They just stink, man. Ah. Maybe it's an acquired scent. It has to be. It has to be. Like for me now, it's the scent of baby goats, but not actually the scent of baby goats because baby goats smell really good, but it's the scent that leads to more baby goats. So when people come out to the farm because of the cattle in the area, it's their face that gives them away. When they step out of the car, they're like, what is that smell? For me, I don't smell it anymore. So maybe, you know, and we think it's the smell of money when we have all of that manure. So. But in the summer when it's hot, I will say it does get a little rough, especially if the wind hits it just right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So you're doing this at a great time of year. (laughs) Oh, good. It was really funny. As soon as we walked in and he came out, he saw Tonks, rubbed himself on her, and then peed on his face immediately. Ooh, ooh, baby, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's a good sign, right? And she's like, yeah, that's a good sign. I was like, yes, I guessed right. So fun fact about goat breeding that I didn't know was that it's super, super fast. Oh, okay. I was imagining like a minute long hump fast, but no, he was like crazy efficient. (laughs) He does like this one crunch thing and then he's done. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it sounds like he's had some practice maybe. (laughs) This is his first rodeo. (laughs) 
And for a driveway breeding, she likes to make sure that your doe gets three or four crunches in to make sure that he got her. Okay. So we stayed there for a little while while he, you know, like circled around her and sniffed her. And then he'd rub up against her and he'd do this thing where he'd mount her and then he'd slide off. And then he'd mount her and slide off. <laughs> I don't know if that was like his foreplay or what. <laughs> But Tonks was having a really hard time standing still for her sexy time. So I was like on the ground in their barn, like hugging her. And every time Worthy Revenge would mount her and do his crunch thing, he'd reach forward and start licking my face and chewing on my hair. Ooh. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know if baby goats are worth this. <laughs> Thankfully, I have my own bucks now. Thank God. So I don't have to do that anymore. Like, is that a th- is that considered, like, a thruple? A three-way? Like, I mean, it might have been. <laughs> Just a scotch. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> it was. It was super weird. So I was way more hands-on on the actual process than I thought I was going to be. Oh, boy. <laughs> and now Tonks has some dried crusties around her vagina. That's mostly faded now, but for the first few days afterwards, it had, like, dried and formed, like, a seal around it. I don't know if I was supposed to clean that off or not, but I was like, well, I'll leave it because it's going to rain eventually. And yeah, I don't know, maybe that's, like, keeping it in or something. <laughs> I don't know the mechanics behind it. But I definitely noticed that she looks a little wiser and less innocent. (laughs) So she's got that going for her. And her prospective due date is 7.30. So the end of July. I just wanted to say really quick that that was correct. They were born 7.27. So this driveway breeding was successful. And that was... A comment that I would never make nowadays. <laughs> no. Just a heads up, women, you are not defined by that. So we're clear. Yeah. This is the fun part about going back and listening to to old you. Yeah. You don't wear a scarlet letter. Uh. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And neither do your goats. No. <laughs> and I don't know for sure whether or not it whether or not it took we did make sure that she got all the crunches in but you know how birth and pregnancy works like it doesn't always take the first time well it feels like it's just the first time on my farm so I have high hopes for her (laughs) (laughs) okay good yeah I mean the breeder didn't seem to like she she kind of acted like she was sure that it was gonna Mm -hmm. be good so So in 30 days, I'll take another blood draw on her and I'll send it to Bioprint for testing. Um, I might wait 45 days. The paperwork says 30, but, you know, some extra days will help in the whatever the protein or hormone is that they look for in the blood draw to confirm pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Probably be more intense a few days later. And the teenage breeder uh, did confirm for me that she recommends drawing blood out with a needle and then putting it in the vacuum tube and not being a novice stuffing a vacuum tube onto your goat's neck. (laughs) (laughs) And um, she did give me a compliment, though, that I was really proud of. She said that she's only doing one other driveway breeding this year. And the other woman that she's doing one for refused to draw her goat's blood on her own. So she went over there and did it for her. And I did mine. So I was like, yay. Go, Bev. <laughs> Gold stars all around. Yes. So that was Tonks's driveway breeding. What a journey. I feel like just that whole thing is so weird. Like, do you ever just like stop and think like, I live a really weird life. Because, like, what if Bev, like, 10 years ago thought, I'm going to go and go to a stranger's farm and wander around <laughs> with them with my goat to get bread, and hopefully I don't get murdered in the process. Like, I would not have thought that that was something I <laughs> would have ever done. And honestly, 
I think at least once a week I sit down and I'm like, my life is super weird. <laughs> and then sometimes I feel really egotistical when I think that because I'm like, my life isn't any more special than anybody else's. But when I talk to people, I am always getting like those weird, you know, like sideways stares like, huh? You do what? Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of makes me think that, yeah, my life is pretty weird compared to like what is usually expected out of a life. I don't know. It's really exciting. I love it. It like keeps my brain active. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really cool. But all the time I'm like, maybe I should write a book. (laughs) I think we should write a book. (laughs) Yeah, I think that would be way more fun. (laughs) And we can keep each other on track. (laughs) Yeah, my book would be a mess. Sam organizes all of my things and makes my things make sense. (laughs) And then make sure things are on time and you guys get the episodes and they sound great. See? Great teamwork. (laughs) Teamwork. Well, that was a good story. Thank you for going through all that so you could share it with us all. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to get to do it two more times this year, fingers crossed. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if the other ones are any different or if it's like the same like song and dance for each of your goats. Yeah, it will be. I hmm. I predict that they'll be relatively similar. But, you know, maybe that's yes. just wishful thinking cuz my brain wants to know what to expect. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> a few a few closing comments for me. One, the blood draw thing is really cool and that is a big accomplishment, so good on you. Big trophy, big gold star for that. Overall, how I'm feeling right now is like I need a shower. Okay. (laughs) I don't know that that was what I was going for, but I'll take it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So how did the other breedings go that year? So they went pretty similarly, but no one else took. Tonks was the only one that I was able to get bred using the driveway breedings. And that's why I did eventually buy bucks was after, you know, I think I did two seasons where I drove everyone out there to go get bred. The second season, Tonks was the only one that was successfully bred again. And then she ended up having like a spontaneous abortion. I don't know what happened, but it was at about, I want to say like halfway through or so. So that was really unfortunate. So I took a break and then bought bucks and then bred again. And now everyone has been successfully bred except Sky. Sky is just not into it apparently. So she lives a happy life with the weathers and she doesn't mind. I feel like I relate to Sky. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I just think, like, it's so neat. And, again, for people who are not in agriculture or have no idea how this happens, like, you know, AI and all of these other weird things that you can do with animals to breed them to be, like, the perfect specimens and also just dropping somebody off in a driveway, like, amazing. (laughs) Right? So cool. (laughs) Growers have a lot to consider when it comes to storing grain. Are you getting the most out of your on-farm grain storage? Could an aeration model help to better determine fan, heater, or dryer needs? And what is the ROI if you installed a bin manager system to remote monitor and control in-bin grain conditioning? At AGI, we want you to ask the tough questions about how Bin Manager allows growers like you to know exactly what is happening inside your bins without climbing a ladder or stairs, or how you can benefit from remotely monitoring your grain temperature and moisture from a smartphone, or how fully automated fans and heaters can provide peace of mind all season long. Contact an AGI representative today for a free on-farm smart storage assessment. Find AGI Bin Manager at aggrowth.com digital. That's aggrowth.com digital. All right. So one of the things we do every regular episode of Drink and Farm is we read a review. And so... Caitlin, if you would like to read this week's review for me, 
and we can discuss it. Sure. So this week's review, oh man, how do you even say that name? I don't know. Tinia009, something like that. Well, (laughs) it's their Apple. Yeah, that's your Apple podcast name. Apple podcast name. (laughs) This three-star review, it is titled Tough Season. I've long loved this podcast, but this season has had a change in focus. It would be more appropriately called not drinking and farming while pregnant. If you're not planning to farm while pregnant this season, it might not have much to offer you. And if you're struggling with fertility, you may find the season too painful. Yeah, this is the first like non five-star review that we've gotten that's had words with it. And I actually really appreciate this review. And I wanted to read it anyways and discuss it because first off, I wanted to acknowledge that I could see how talking about or hearing about pregnancy would be painful for someone that is struggling when that is what they're hoping to, you know, have in their life. And it's not just, you know, going that direction at the moment. But I also wanted to remind everyone that one of the things that I think that makes our podcast really special is that... Sam and I talk about what's actually happening in our lives right now. So we do try to record a little bit ahead. Uh, That's mostly so that we're not constantly stressing our team out, asking them to turn things around in 24 hours. But for the most part, everything that we put out is relatively timely. And we're really honest with what is, you know, what we're struggling with, what we're celebrating and what our everyday lives are. And I understand that we're not always going to be in a season that resonates with you. But I do hope that people can still listen and enjoy getting to know us a little more. And maybe I'm hopeful that these episodes will be something that someone who found the pregnancy ones to be painful can go back and listen to later when they are farming while they're expecting because we put the information out there. So that was all I wanted to say about that. Yeah. Well, and I think that's well said, Bev. And I think as consumers of entertainment, because when we think of it, podcasts are entertainment, podcasters are entertainers, it can be really easy to lose focus that there are real people living real lives behind microphones. And, you know, you and Sam do such a great job of bringing so much fun and light into the agriculture industry through this podcast and, you know, showing up as who you are and sharing your real life stories, you know, sharing that sometimes things don't always go as planned. And then there's other times where they do and you get to celebrate and I am so happy to be part of the Drink and Farm community and I'm so grateful to be sitting here with you and our friendship that we've been able to build through podcasting Uh, and with Sam as well. Like, I want to celebrate you. And I know as a woman, there are things such as infertility and fertility and everything in between that can be really difficult. But I think in the same breath, that's one other thing that brings us all together. And that is how we can support one another and be there for one another. So thank you for sharing your stories and being your authentic selves when you show up here, because I know you are helping a lot of people. And whether that's through the information that you give, or just being a friend in your earphones each and every week and having a laugh and being able to connect. So that's my review of the review. (laughs) Yes. So thank you for that, Caitlin. I appreciate it. (laughs) And I want to thank the person that left this review as well. It was a good reflection moment, I think. And I want to encourage anybody who hasn't left a review yet to leave it over on Apple Podcasts. You can also submit 
anonymous feedback for the podcast as well. There's a link in the show notes for that. But when you leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, it doesn't matter what country you're from, I can get a copy of the review. We read it on the show. And then we draw a name out of a hat at the end of the month. And one person wins an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. So there's that. It's fun. So fun. (laughs) You can drink coffee with us out of your fancy coffee mug. (laughs) Yeah, out of your fancy coffee mug. Or, I mean, you can put booze in your coffee mug. I don't mind. (laughs) No judgment here. (laughs) Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining me for this really fun reaction episode. It was one of those ideas that just kind of came to mind and I didn't know how it was going to work out. And I think it went fabulously. And so I appreciate you being willing to just kind of jump in and Do it. (laughs) Do it in so many ways, in so many forms throughout our time together today. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me back on the Drink and Farm podcast. This has been so fun. And I think we had a great time. (laughs) So if listeners have not had an opportunity to listen to the Rural Women podcast yet, and if you have not, I highly recommend you just run and go do that right now. (laughs) Where should the listeners find you? Well, they can find the Rural Woman podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, my website, wildrosefarmer.com. And I am all over social media as Wild Rose Farmer. So I would love to connect with you. Yeah. And be sure to get one of these mugs because it's like the best thing ever. Thank you. And also (laughs) just a quick reminder, please don't send me your nudes. (laughs) (laughs) no it was good to put that at the end you you gotta you gotta include that yeah just a gentle reminder don't send me those (laughs) well i hope you guys enjoyed that episode i know caitlin and i had a blast it turned out so much better than i could have possibly imagined and I hope that you will come join our Facebook group and tell us what you think that this kind of surprise episode format, if you guys enjoyed it, maybe we'll do a few more guest hosts and do something similar while Sam is taking her much needed rest and break. And otherwise, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what we do over here until Sam is able to return. And trust me, she is coming back. We have discussed it thoroughly. So don't you worry whatsoever. And I just wanted to remind you really quick that if you share this episode over on Instagram and tag us at Drink and Farm, I'll send you a coupon code just for that episode that'll give you a discount in our merch shop. And you want that because we've got some pretty cool merch over there right now. We always drop our shirt of the month at the beginning of the month. So there's something new and fresh all the time. And I guess that's it. So until next time, drink, farm and give zero clocks. Bye now. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this week's from the members of the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network. If you would like to learn more about the network as well as the podcast mastermind, you can head on over to positivelyfarmingmedia.com to learn more and to join us. If you are a podcaster in the food and agriculture space, we welcome you to our table. Or if you're thinking about starting your own podcast, we have a seat for you too. So head on over to PositivelyFarmingMedia.com to learn more. We will see you back here next week with another special episode from the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast, a proud member of the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network. The Rural Woman Podcast is more than just a podcast. We are a community. A huge thank you to the Rural Woman Podcast team, audio editor Max Hofer, and admin support from Kim & Co. Online. A special thanks to our Patreon executive producers, Sarah Reedner from Happiness by the Acre and Carrie Munven from Laystone Farms. To learn how you can become a Patreon executive producer or other ways to financially support the show, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to learn more. 
be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you listen to the podcast to get the latest episodes directly on your playlist. And if you are loving the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that accepts ratings and reviews. You can connect with us on social media at The Rural Woman Podcast and with me at Wild Rose Farmer. One of the best ways you can support the show is by sharing it. Send this episode to a friend or share on your social media. Let's strengthen and amplify the voices of women in agriculture together. Until next time, my friend, keep sharing your story. Caitlin Dubin, the host of the Rural Woman podcast, and Bev Ross, host of the Joy Farmer podcast, have teamed up to create Positively Farming Media. Positively Farming Media is a podcast hub that connects and cultivates growth-oriented farm and food storytellers. We host a mastermind mentoring group that fosters connection and collaboration between podcasters so you no longer have to produce your show within a silo. Each month in our member-only online community, new learning modules are released that are designed to increase your show's quality, listenership, and advertising opportunities. When you join today, you'll have access to the current month's modules and our previously released modules so you can start growing your show right away. Learn more and start building connections to fellow podcasters in the food and agriculture space at PositivelyFarmingMedia.com.